Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Light the Torch, and they have a new album called You Will Be the Death of Me, which released on June 25th via Nuclear Blast Records. Right now, I'm being joined by Francesco to share some more information about this stellar release and what the boys have got cooking. So, Francesco, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Thank you for having me. Absolutely great to have you on. I would say it's going reasonably well. We've hit a spring slash summer transition, so it's either really hot or it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, good. How's life in LA? Yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, staying warm enough here, and uh, you know, dealing with the all the craziness that happens when once you leave your your house. Mm-hmm. Like yesterday, from driving around, it's like. You know, there's so much madness in this place. <laughs> <laughs> just just a little bit. Um, yeah. Cool. Did that give any inspiration to this particular record? Or I guess my broader question is, uh, second album, what were you guys looking to do with this record? Well, I think, uh, I think like the first record really helped us kind of like get a precise idea of what, we want to do or you know just like having a like more direction in terms of how to move forward and how to evolve what we're doing and uh and i think like that was like the the overall like main effort was like t- towards getting just a a better more polished more uh i don't know maybe more focused overall record and uh yeah Okay, now for the the hard question: a better, more polished, more focused. How did you do that? Did you succeed in doing that? I think so. I think so. We we feel very very good about this record. Um, I mean, obviously, like every band would always say, like we feel this is the best record, but <laughs> we really do. So, I mean, I know this is by far the, the, the record I'm most proud of, you know, that I've ever worked on. And, uh, yeah, I think it's, a. I I think just the music, the, the level of just the, the emotional, just, uh, I don't know, just like, there's something about its depth, you know, this record has like, it feels pretty special to us. And, uh, and I also feel like it really, like me personally, I, I wrote the music while I was, you know, not having a great time physically and mentally. And, uh, and I think like in a way this translated into having music with the, almost like, a more emotions. And, uh, and I think like once Howard started writing lyrics and, uh, and melodies that also combined created this, the sound that is this record. And, uh, and, and to me, that's ultimately, that's what I'm most proud of, like feeling I, there's a product that really does show our, you know, it's being very sincere and really shows like what our emotions are and was written, uh, and, and the things were, that were written were, were actually really felt, uh, by us. Mm-hmm. Not pretending to be in pain on this record. No, <laughs> not pretending. Uh, yeah, I was like, 
I was recovering from like a really bad car accident. And uh, so most of the writing was just literally done. like, well, I had days of writing where I was just like on so many pain medication and stuff like that. But, but then as I, that I started shifting that as like, I just was tired just taking all this meds, but it's either like you're in pain and sit on the couch or I don't know, be depressed or just write music. And so writing music, writing music for me this time really became like the escape from just, you know, feeling better. And then it really did make me feel better. So it's like this songs to me that they, they feel extra special because of that. Yeah. So I'm guessing you didn't have any physical limitations in being able to play the guitar while you were working on this stuff. Well, it would hurt more because like my back was really messed up. So it was like, you're sitting, you know, and playing guitar and, and, and it just be like, you know, not this, but like the way I was feeling, there's like, there will be like no comfortable position. So just being sitting down, just like, it's, it's not something that, uh, was, was great for my back or anything. And plus, I mean, as you can imagine when you're like recording demo, demoing stuff, you have, you're holding a guitar and then you just click on the mouse. You have the laptop <laughs> on, like, you know, it's, it's never like the most comfortable position. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So it's like part of that, but I mean, ultimately it was nothing that really stopped me from wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. I think that's the important thing. Francesco is, there might be people who are in that situation who let it take the best of them, but instead you quite literally fought through it to get this record into our hands. Yeah. And, and I mean, and honestly the same, like what's, for example, it's kind of a, um, like after the, the accident happened, basically a month later, we we're supposed to go on a, on a long tour. It was like three months back to back, three tours. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and basically at doctors, everybody's like managing, we're already looking at like, if we could, if we're going to have to, you know, have a guitar player t- to play the shows live and I was going to stay home. It's like, and then to me, it's like, I, I'd rather be in pain and do this because it's so important for my mental health, you know, for being, for feeling good. Yeah. It's so, it's like too important. It's like, I, I don't want to stay home and, and be like, you know. And so it's like, it's kind of the same, the same feelings. Like I, I couldn't see myself like not using, you know, creativity and just, or like, well, if you're playing shows, you're not really using creativity, but you're still being like what, what you're supposed to be. Like in my case, this is what I do. And, uh, and it does like make a big difference mentally how just in the state I am. So Absolutely. It was like, uh, I, I mean, I, I guess I'm, I'm also, I can consider myself lucky for having something that is so powerful that it makes me feel better, you know? And, uh, and some people don't have that, unfortunately, but yeah, I was encouraged to just, you know, push towards like, you know, learn something or, or like, you know, keep your brain busy. It's like, or you're, your spirit, your heart, you know, like just use all that it will, it will definitely make you feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're better now. You're all healed. You're ready to go. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm obviously, I like a lot of adjustments made in my life to, to be able to be healthy, to feel healthy again, change completely my diet, you know, change my, you know, the, my routines, you know, and things like that. And plus I did, for like a year and a half, I did like 
between like our first seeing just a bunch of chiropractors, then did physical therapy for months and months, did cryotherapy, acupuncture, and then I got spine injections. So all that <laughs> really helped. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm also like more considerate of how I move. And then the way I, you know, like the way I sit, it's like just overall a bunch of things. I stretch a lot. I walk a lot. And I changed, yeah, like I said, I changed my diet completely. And, uh, you know, so it took a few adjustments, but it's, you know, I, I feel I feel good. It's like I can't wait to be on tour. Yeah. I think the whole world's ready to be on tour. Absolutely. Uh, I'm curious, going into the diet thing, uh, how did that help? What did you do? What did you change? Well, it's uh, for being like born and raised uh, in Italy and having like a you know, tradition of eating all kinds of great foods. Like I would have never thought I was going to become a vegan. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but basically like after like it started with the, the orthopedic telling me to try to just consume less meat and products and things like that. And then I had like my physical therapist talking about trying a vegan, uh, like a plant-based diet. Mm-hmm. And then uh, acupuncturist told me the same thing. And I'm like, I'm started like, okay, I should probably look into this because I'm not feeling great. Also it's like, this is still, was still happening last year. So when the pandemic started, I couldn't go to physical therapy. I couldn't go to all these things anymore. I couldn't go see my acupuncturist, do cryotherapy. And then I was actually scheduled to, to possibly do laser surgery before the summer last year. Mm-hmm. And so not doing all the treatments, I started feeling way worse. My back got towards like July, August last year it was so bad. I, I, I was like, how's this? It's been two years. I'm, how am I still feeling so bad after spine injection, all this stuff. Yeah. And so I went to, I went back to this acupuncturist that I've been seeing. And then he, he, he was very like, you know, kind of a uh, very passionate about me trying and he just literally told me like try a few weeks what's what's the big deal it's like don't eat certain things for a few weeks yeah and i did and uh after a few weeks i right away i kind of starts feeling like i'm feeling better and then uh, i kept doing it a month later i was like wow this is like an actual change i'm like i'm not hurting i'm like my back and neck are not hurting and uh, so I kept doing it. And now it's like I I started being active again, like riding bicycle, running, doing things like my back never hurts. And then I'm like, I'm kind of shocked in a way. I, I was like, in a way, maybe I was like hoping this wouldn't work in the beginning because I wanted to be back. <laughs> just eating the things I always eaten that I, I like eating so much. Yeah. But I mean, I, it got to a point where you know, it's, it's definitely worth it. I'd rather feel good and not be in pain and eat this way. And, and also it's like me being somebody who I like to cook. I like eating well, good food. And, uh, you know, I learned how to make different kind of food. You know, it's, you know, there's still some people who like thinks a vegan eats salad all day long and, and it's not, it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's just a matter of like, you got to really learn, a way to eat and to make food. Just that's it. Yeah. 
Okay. So when I see you rocking out here in this music video for Wilting in the Light, you're not in pain in this in this rocking out that you're doing. Not in pain. Okay. Now, something else I noticed, too, about this music video is it looks like you're playing through a PV rig, like a 6505 or a 5150. Yeah. And then in a playthrough video, I saw you jamming on a Laney rig. Yeah. So are those all of your rigs? Tell me about, I'm most most curious actually about the Laney because I don't see that as often, obviously. As yeah, the, so there's an explanation for all that. So <laughs> I've been playing Laney for, at this point, like almost 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and so like I have, I had one amp up in North Carol, uh, California and that amp was like uh, with the whole my previous band, Old Shop Parish, with the, you know, lawsuit happening and stuff like that. Everything is up there and it can't be touched, right? So I have a few more amps here and the, the, the full stacks that I had here, um, well, the two that I use like to bring on tour, they are right now in storage in Indiana. That's when we finished our, when we, last year we had to basically cancel, stop the tour that we're doing. And uh, like the boss took the, um, you know, all the gear to the storage place in Indiana and it's all there. So when we had to film this music video and uh, I thought sometimes you, you film music videos with no amps, right? Yeah. Um, but this one's like, we were told like, you guys need an amp. It's like, Holy crap. I don't have an amp right now. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have a Laney amp. I have other amps at home. Yeah. But you know, especially I'm not going to bring like a combo or something for the music video. Right. You, you want a full stack. I just <laughs> didn't have a full stack. So I got in touch with Laney and I asked him to send one to me so I could do that stuff. I could do the playthrough. I could, I could do all that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so they sent it, but it was delayed and it literally arrived two days after the music video, Wilting the Light. (laughs) So for that music video, I had to use an amp and, and, and that's actually an amp that I bought that amp is really old. The PV6505 that I have, it's probably from 2004. Mm-hmm. That's the amp that I bought while I was still in Boston uh, at Berkeley College of Music. I bought that amp and then I brought it here to LA. And it, and it's it's been like, you know, in my garage, just like completely wrapped in plastic and all that. But it's been there. It's like I haven't used it in, in a while. In fact, they even asked me, like, I, no, I was asking, like, hey, do I need to turn it on? I actually don't even know if it turns on at the moment. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so I'm having that for the music video. Yeah. I was going to be curious if you turned it on and went, er, er, and like, yeah, I remember that sound from 2004. But Actually, like, I did play, like, on, on, on tour, I ended up, like, uh, you know, sometimes you play with other bands with a different amps, so you end up trying their, their rig and it. Yeah, and I, I think I don't. I it wasn't the sixty five five that I have it was one of the the newer ones that they. The, but man, that that has still sounds so good. It's like that's a great amp. Yeah, it's just a great. Amp. Yeah. Love it. Cool. Take me through. I guess Laney. What inspired you to get into Laney? Other than the fact that they're awesome, um, but I don't really talk to a lot of metalheads that are using Laney. Yeah, I mean, it's classic. So, Why not? Yeah. So for me, it was like a. So I was doing, this was like 2011. No, yeah, 2011. And I was doing uh, clinics in uh, Asia for Ibanez. And I was like gone for like a couple of weeks doing clinics. At that time with my band, Old Show Parish, I had a deal with Mesa Boogie. 
Okay. And uh, and so doing clinics all over Asia, so like a bunch of places, China, Malaysia, Indonesia, India, like all these kind of places, Taiwan. And so you're trying to get Mesa Boogie rig in these places, and it'll tell you like, no, we don't have distribution, right? Yeah. So it'll be like I, I started I started doing clinics, and I would show up like at a clinic where I had like a bunch of people in a big theater, and I'm like. It's some crappy like amp that sounds like really bad, and I was like, "Wow, I'm, I'm not happy about this." Like, it's what can I do about this? And mm-hmm. then, so I had a few show a, a few of the clinics where just I wasn't happy with the tone, and then um, and then flew to Beijing, and then in Beijing, we basically they have like a music convention, kind of like Nam here, right? Okay, yeah, and uh, it's a big, big convention. So I was like doing clinics at that convention and, uh, and we're staying at the same hotel with the, I think is right now is like uh, responsible for sales all over the world for Laney. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we started hanging out and then he told me, he's like, Hey, if you want, I can, you can be playing with the lady amp probably better than the other options that are giving you. And, uh, and we actually had, we're with Fender, we're uh, one of the best um, distribution in the world. So everywhere you go, like even you, you go to South America to the, the most, you know, it's like whatever country you go to or Asia, whatever country you go to, they have distribution. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty rare because like, you know, you could be playing like really cool amps, but you can only play those amps in the States already in Europe. It might be hard to, you know, find for backline. And when you go to Asia, it's completely different rig. So we also got, you know, we became friends during that time. We, had, we spent a great time there. Then with him, we went to India, spent a week in India with him. And then, um, and after that, it's like, he told me, it's like, well, if you want to play our amps and, and honestly, they're, they're super generous. Anytime they have a new product sent over mm-hmm. and uh, anytime I, I need something, it's like, it'll be like, here it is. So it's been, to me, it's like, not, long, not only sounds great, but it's also like the support is great. It's like, I'm I'm friend, I'm such a good friend. Like he's literally the guy that we don't even talk business. He, we talk about, you know, golf and things. It's like the guy comes over from, uh, he's from New Zealand and he comes to LA and we just go out to dinner. It's like, so, and uh, yeah, so, so that's kind of like also why I, I, I really started you know, liking Laney, like, and just working with them just because of this whole relationship. So mm-hmm. really good. Cool. And then I brought up your artist page on Ibanez. Uh, I was actually kind of curious about your Ibanez rig. It looks like an Evertune bridge. Uh, what kind of pickups you got in that bad boy? So um, right now, like I, I used to be with Seymour Duncan and all my guitars had a Duncan distortion. Mm-hmm. And uh, recently, I got this guitar from Ibanez in the, and had, like, the DiMarzio pickups that are, like, the Fusion ed- Edge. Okay. And uh, and it just, right away, it's, like, playing to an amp. I love the, the sound. Then I recorded something, and I, and I thought it sounded amazing. And that's actually the, the guitar that I used for the, for the record, to, for this new record. Mm-hmm. And uh, and after that, now basically I'm asking them to change pickups on, on, on most of my guitars, you know, and 
So as of right now, I'm really liking the Fusion Edge. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's like it really works. It's got definitely, it's a less output uh, pickup compared to like the distortion. Yeah. So I, I had to adjust, you know, just like a, a little bit of part of my playing and also like the, the settings and things. But yeah, it works and they sound great. Yeah. Boom. It's amazing what happens when you change pickups. Sometimes it makes a big difference. Yeah, for real. Okay, beautiful, sweet. So, Francesco, we chatted about um, you recovered from your car accident. We spent a bit, good bit of time on that. You mentioned that a lot of the emotion that we're hearing in the record actually comes from that time. Um, and going vegan, that one helped a lot. We chatted about Laney Amps. Um, interestingly enough, I'm trying to look at all these questions that I had, we got so carried away on the emotion of, of the record. So I guess my only last question that I that I have for you before I let you go for... Uh, delicious vegan lunch is um <laughs> did did howard write lyrics kind of with where you were coming from emotionally in mind or did he write from his own perspective and now we're we're that's i guess that's just my question yeah did he write from his own perspective or did you kind of chip in and say hey i was thinking this when i wrote this song or i was thinking this uh i don't really do that with 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 howard like telling like hey i was thinking about this and that I'm very fascinated by like how he, he just comes up with, you know, the, you know, ideas for lyrics and things. And he's so good at it, you know, that I wouldn't really want to. And plus I don't really want to make just because I, I kind of start the whole process, like writing the music. I don't want to make it like, it's not everybody's, project you know it's like i don't want to be like hey this is the music i wrote and this is how i felt when i wrote it and uh so that's a really a way to make the songs his and, and really feeling you know he's we you know we're all part of in this together mm-hmm. and uh i do know though that and we did talk about this he, he even he told me it's like how the fact that during like even after the accident and all that we spent so much time together and in a way they really you know, Howard and Ryan had to deal with my situation. They really were in a way affected by it. It's like, so it's, you know, you're, you know, you travel around the world with somebody who's not feeling great. You know, obviously, you know, you respond to it. And so, and so Howard's like, definitely told me, he's like, he started connecting with these songs in, in a, in a specific way. And, and, and that's why it's also like an overall, you know, I guess different type of darkness to this record is like this, this vibe that has like, it comes from all this. Mm-hmm. Groovy baby. That's the other thing we chatted about was how you guys wanted to be stronger, better, faster, jump higher, all those things on this record. And that it's the most record you're most proud of that you've done so far, which says a lot. Yeah. Cool. All right. Was there anything that I missed that you wanted to chat about, Francesco? Uh, no, I think this is a good, good chat overall with mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. Groovy. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Thank you so much for having me.